What's up, guys? Welcome to Fear Food Radio. This is episode 186, and it's me, Matt Whitmore, and Karis Marsden. Hello. Hiya. Hiya. How are you? All good. It's, it's Sunday, though, but so I'm not sure we should do a podcast on a Sunday. This is, this will be like a test run. This it? was your idea. Well, yeah, because I've got a busy week. So. We, we did record one yesterday. Friday. 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 Yeah. And then we scrapped it. We did scrap it. So many hours have been wasted. I know. To be fair, like, I know we're on episode 186, which seems like a decent chunk of podcast, but considering the podcast has been running for about 30 years, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's not we're the not best. We're not consistent, are we? But we're probably equal, I think. If we went with every episode we ever recorded, we'd probably be up at like 500. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we've scrapped more than we've published. Probably. We've definitely scrapped. Probably about 50 to 100, I reckon. To be fair, it's probably one of the best feelings when we finish a podcast and, and we agree. both go, yes. Yeah. That we're both happy with that. The, the worst is when, I say the worst is when one of us is like, no, I think that was really good. And the other one's like, mm. no, I'm not keen. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas yeah. if we're both in agreement of whether it's good or whether, like, oh, no, we should do that one again, then it's, it's I mean, it's frustrating because obviously you've committed the time. I wonder how many other people scrap podcasts. Yeah. I know I know I've spoken to other people who have podcasts where they've said it's not worked out with a guest. Yeah. And they've actually had to email the guest and say, like, didn't didn't quite flow and you know, the sound's dropping out or whatever. Because sometimes you have technical issues which can make it really hard with interviews, yeah. doesn't it, as well? But yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah, I can, I can I can understand that. But yeah, but we're here now. It's the most important thing. We do actually really enjoy podcasting. It's just time, isn't it? Because it's like all these things, social media, posts, Instagram reels. Like oh. This is in addition to your daily, weekly workload. Like you still mm. have a job to do. And then no matter what you're doing now, you've got this extra stuff. I just think we should stop sleeping. I mean, let's just give up on no, sleep. No, we can't. <laughs> just work through the night. But, but to be fair, and even like, then I'd still be behind. All, all credit too, because I must admit, like, you know, we... I think there's an element of, A, getting a bit more organised with our schedule would definitely help, especially me. I'm all, say, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the shop. Um, I have my moments for sure, but you're But, definitely. yeah, I'm next level. But then hats off to people that, like, really do, like, zone in on their content creation. And funny enough, I've started following a guy on TikTok because, you know, I'm a runner now, you know, so mm-hmm. I follow lots of runners and, right. and hybrid athletes. This is this week. Next week yeah. will be something else. What will I be next week? <laughs> Fireman. It's like the member of the Fast Show. This week. <laughs> <laughs> this week I'm mostly being a hybrid athlete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he has literally just, he's quit his job to go into content creation full time. And yeah, I mean, he built, he didn't just go, oh, I'm going to quit my job. Like he eased into it. Like he started getting into the habit of like creating content, yeah. following his like running and cycling who's, journey. Who's paying the mortgage then if he's just creating content? <laughs> well, it's the thing that like, people earn money from content oh, so creation. Don't okay, they? so he's selling so the, products now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, get it. But it's been really quite cool like watching his videos because he's like, he shares a lot of stuff on like, you know, this is what camera I use, what mic I use, lighting and this, that and the other. And and he kind of like even like shows how he edits stuff. And I was like, this is really useful for me because I want to get better at, I don't want to be like an out and out content creator, if you will, or influencer. But I think tying in with like what we're talking about now, I think sometimes a, a big stumbling block for me is I suppose that imposter syndrome of, and we've often said this with people's podcasts, haven't we? We're like, oh, look how, look how good, yeah, look how good their microphones are, or when they uh, double up on content, so they film themselves doing the podcast, so then they've got like multi-purpose content, you know, and it's like, yeah, but look at look at the lighting, look at the background, you know, and. Whereas we're like sat on the floor in our living room at the minute. <laughs> but who knows, you know, maybe... With a laptop on a cushion. It's not yeah, even on a literally, cushion. literally on a cushion. Um, it's hard because I think like when we kind of came into this industry, it's because we were so passionate about it, we were constantly learning new stuff and then wanted to share that. And it is really hard to think so much time and effort is dedicated to make to the quality of that because the quality should really be the content itself, what you're trying to say, but because mm. standards have got great, you know, better with social media, there is a pressure to look a certain way, for it to sound a certain way, to be edited, to be, I don't know, you know, and it, it does, 
It frustrates me to some degree because I don't like doing that stuff that much anyway. As in, I love teaching. I love helping people. I love working with clients. I like getting in front of a crowd and going, oh, this is the science and here's what you need to know and helping people and I love what I do. But like just standing in front of a camera and stuff, I, I do find it really hard. And that's not to say like I... I'm not resenting it. I know why I have to do it. But in every role that I've ever had, when someone's like, can you do an Instagram reel or can you do a podcast different? Because you're kind of behind a bit of a screen and you can just not brush your hair, sit in your jammies. Like you could just be chilled. Do you know what I mean? And, but yeah, I I Mm. guess it's also, there's elements to which I feel, especially with our industry, it's very image centric, isn't it? And so part of me resists getting involved in all of that. Do you see what I mean? That yeah, yeah, for the sure. Kind of perfect look, and there's only you know, is is yeah. There's only so long I'll be camera worthy anyway. Oh well, like no, but is is no, I get it, I get it. Like you know, there is you know, like the the world of social media is a funny one. And funny enough, I, I was um had an osteo appointment the other week, and we always have a good old chinwag whilst. Well, he's not on a, a social media at all, is no, he? No, no. We have um, a really good osteo, don't we? Just, very good. Then, yeah. but also, who has the ability to talk but continue doing what is what you're paying him to do? Essentially. Yeah, it's good because he's, <laughs> when he's like, he doesn't go. This is going to hurt. He just gets in. And just well, no, no, he, he, did he, do he, he did to really? me when he was doing something on my knee. He was like, this is going to feel bloody horrible. Oh, really? And he did it. And I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, you were right. Maybe oh. Next so he, time, with don't, me, don't just, say nothing. He just literally had his elbow in my psoas and was like, anyway, so how's it? Yeah, have you read this book? I've heard of this guy. <laughs> like, and then he goes, you're right. And I'm like, uh, yep. <laughs> but, but without going off on a mad tangent, like um, we have seen a lot of people who like to chat but stop what they're doing to to start oh, telling yeah. you something you're like, which is the worst oh, yeah. when it's like osteopathic yeah. or something in please the do carry on because <laughs> also i'd say like i've had a few osteopathic or like body workers where you know you're like 90 to 100 pound an hour the, the clock goes one of them i worked with had a stopwatch and he used to pop it on the minute he came in but then he'd be like keris what is your thoughts on like keto diet and i'm like stop the clock mate do you know yeah. what i mean like, like you're not actually yeah, yeah exactly I mean. <laughs> And he'd ask me all these questions. And I remember thinking, like, so you can ask me for free. And, and yeah, but yeah, he would. He'd stop the two. He couldn't do the yeah. two together. And then in the end, I was like, I wish I'd just said I was like a, I don't know, I do some that. other career. Do you know what I mean? I, always I think I might have shared that on a previous episode where I just, when I'm having my hair cut, if I'm at a different barber's. Yeah, you have to say. I just make something up. Yeah. Just say you're unemployed. Someone I work with said. I'm on the doll. <laughs> someone I work with said, say you work in ops. And then no one knows what well, that, that is. Well, that was it. Yeah. yeah. I ops. swear down. <laughs> oh, when I God. said to you, you went, what is ops? <laughs> We've, we have mentioned this on a previous episode. Okay, or maybe right. it was on one of the ones we scrapped. And this is when it gets confusing for us. Because we're like, we spoke about this before? Or was yeah, that one that we didn't put out there? It. But at the conversation I was having with, uh, with, with the osteo was like saying how, like, there are so many positives to social media. You know, yeah. like, there really are. Like, you know, you know, people have, uh, like, like, found like long lost relatives and, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, but or, just, also just generally there is some really good content yeah, there. Like yeah. I, I, I follow people. No, but I was trying to think outside of that, you yeah, know, yeah, like people sorry, have yeah. found like, you know, it's an opportunity for people to find like lost pets. Like For charities, I think it's amazing know, to be yeah. able to showcase what you're doing, especially because like TV advertising, you know, is expensive. Mm. So I, yeah, I hope that charities have some kind of like, the algorithm like really supports them in that way. Yeah. I don't know how it, I'm not, I don't work for a charity, oh, so I don't pesky, know how social pesky media. algorithm. <laughs> don't know. But, but I suppose these are the downsides, like especially for people like us, where it's yeah. like, it does feel like a, like you want to show up as your authentic self, which, which I, I, I stand by that we do, you know, we've, yeah. we've never, we've never not done that. But then at the same time, like, you're a bit like, yeah, but is that gonna, is that gonna, get you out there if you will and we're not looking to become famous or or anything like that but a few more likes wouldn't uh wouldn't go amiss <laughs> a bit more a bit more interaction it's all a big mystery especially sometimes when you think like god you know how long it took me to put that reel together like and that's probably because we're not particularly very good at it and then i did one the other day and i think i got like two likes and i'm not even exaggerating i was like oh would like to at least go into like double double, double, <laughs> double digits. But the, you know. the other thing we've done is start again with our social media because we've set up private, a separate personal accounts, haven't we? So you've got your mm. Matt with Fit, I've got Keris Miles and Nutrition, and then we have Fit Food. And Fit Food has always been there, so that's where we have a big following. But setting up the personal account, you are starting from scratch. Yeah. And in fact, didn't one of your friends like reach out to you and say, "Is everything okay with you and Matt?" 
Oh, yeah, because we split up. Because <laughs> it's like, hold on, they've got separate Instagrams now. Yeah, and... you'd gone off on a men's retreat, so it yeah. looked like you were having a midlife crisis as well. Yeah. Almost midlife crisis. Almost. <laughs> Are you about midlife now? You're coming up to. Well, it depends what mid, what's midlife. Interestingly, I had a, I went to the doctor's the other it's day. It's 40, midlife. Well, I went to the doctor's the other day, and he was saying he's really panicking about a midlife crisis, and it was a really funny session because basically you don't actually see it i've not seen him for two years because we never go in anymore do we? it's all done over the phone but on this occasion i've got like a sinus infection so he wanted to see it so anyway i go in and he's got someone from the hospital observing him but because i don't know he just i think he just likes the fact that oh he's got someone a patient's come in he was going oh he said i saw you running the other day i think and i saw was it were you running with your partner and i was like yeah and then i can't remember how we got into the subject of that was it and then he said I don't he's a runner and he was like I can't run at the moment I've got ankle problems I've got hip problems and he's like I don't want to accept that I'm getting old I can't this and mm. I said well go, go and see our osteopath so I give him the name of our osteopath because he's a runner isn't he and very much into kind of running injuries really good at helping you with them and he says I will I will I'm going to write that down this is the new me because the new me is going to actually try and look after my body not just you know work really hard and then you know go out for a 10k run without any warm-up and fall <laughs> down and all this but then he said, I'm starting to panic that I'm at that stage in my life. So he's got to be, I reckon, what do you reckon, mid to late 40s? I don't know. Yeah. He said, right. I'm at a stage in my life. He said, I'm desperately trying to avoid a midlife crisis. But in that case, he thinks he's going to live to 90 to 100. So that's quite mm. ambitious. But he was saying that he's at a phase where he said, I'm watching my children start to go through their firsts of everything. And it's making him realize that he won't ever have some of those firsts again. And the example he gave, so bear in mind, we're, I'm sat here and then there's a doctor observing. Yeah. We're both just bemused. He goes, the main example is my... <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a waiting room full of... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did run over. Yeah. He said, one of my kids has just had their first kiss and is falling in love. And he's, he said, I realise I will never have that again. He goes, yeah. And he goes, do you remember falling in love? Do you remember how amazing it was falling in love? All of those feelings, how nothing, there's no stress in life because you're falling in love. And he's like, I love my wife. I'm never going to leave her, but I'll never have that ever again, will I? And I was like, oh, yeah, kind of, I see what you're saying. And I was going to say, I see what he's saying, but that's a bit of a bizarre one. Yeah, but very sad. And then he said... <laughs> very sad. No, but it is sad, isn't it, when you think I'll never have that ever again? Oh, if you do have it again, there'll be an element of sadness because you're going to have to leave the person or the person you're with is going to yeah. pass away or something. Anyway, he then said that as they're going through these firsts, he's, like, starting to get a bit, like, like almost, like, mourning the fact that he won't have those. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, it was a strange example. I thought he was going to say something like, I don't know, the first time you get drunk or something or whatever. But he said, I feel like as you age, there's <laughs> such a, risk. a memorable experience. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. Um, you, as you age, your world can get smaller and smaller yeah. without you know, no more experiences, no newness, no so much less to look forward to. And he said, I see this happen to so many people. The world just kind of caves in around them and, and closes in. And he, he said that just cannot happen and I'm starting to look at ways that I can expand and grow still mm -hmm. and it's interesting because we've talked about it before in a podcast the importance of new skills but I think you often think oh new skills will be I'll learn a new language I'll learn an instrument but I also think we've got to start thinking about just travel or like like new friendships new yeah. you know do you see what I mean new environments new places like I think He's written, and we went off on a bit of a tangent, but he said, I, I don't want the world to become this little box. I want it to open out as my kids, you know, leave the nest. I want to open into a big box and, and but, go off. But don't they say that, though? Like, you know, for, like when we've spoken to, like, older people whose kind of children are grown and, and have left, and it's almost like, like they've often said something along the lines of, like, you, know, you kind of have, your, obviously you have your life before kids, and then you have your life with kids where, you know, they're at that stage where they're very dependent on you and, and whatnot and then of course they kind of like flee the nest or whatever when they go off to university and whatnot yeah, yeah. and it's almost like ah i can live my life a bit more again now yeah like not not to say obviously you know that, that kids are are a bad thing but of course it's naturally going to be different you know yeah, what i mean yeah. there's going to be different a different role and responsibility there and you know a different demand on on the on the parents i, I do think like it's yeah it's interesting when you do speak to to people whose kids have left even without the kids situation, I think any of us can fall into a situation. I even actually said this to you the other day that I feel like with a combination of getting COVID again, winter, my symptoms are all flaring and then we've got a lot of work on. 
my world's just got smaller and smaller and smaller mm. because I'm just firefighting. So I'm just kind of like, get up, try and get some kind of exercise done. It's dark, it's wet. You don't see the kind of daylight, do you know what I mean? And then yeah. it's cold, so you want to be indoors a lot more. And I just feel like I'm getting into this little loop and it's very oh, yeah. monotonous. Do you know? And, and, and I'm, I'm also like missing out on something new, but then also wanting to keep everything absolutely consistent for whilst I just try and kind of like maneuver through these symptoms. But I think this could happen if you're under like serious stress at work or just going through a low point in terms of like your mental health. You almost want to like, you know, hibernate a little bit. And so you're cancelling plans, you're re-watching old TV where you know what happens. Like it's it's almost like yeah. you can't, ha- you don't want newness. You almost like reject newness and just stay on this little hamster wheel of safety where everything's very predictable but mm. also doesn't serve you. And, and, it, and I think in some ways, I said to you, like, I think it's making me sicker and sicker. And, and, and yeah. all I've got to think about is like symptom management. So I focus on my symptoms a lot more, which creates more anxiety, which probably creates more symptoms. And going to bed early and rejecting kind of social plans, it, it makes me, I think it makes all of it worse. And then mm-hmm. your mental health is low and then you're more tired. And, and it's interesting because... There's a, there's a word you mentioned there that I think is a really key word, and I think everyone can relate to this. It's like it's like safety, like you know, playing it safe all the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I said safety, but yeah, I yeah. think you said safe. Did I? Yeah. Well, I can't rewind it because it's <laughs> not till after the fact. But you're right. Yeah. But I'm sure you did. But but when I was in Portugal, I remember working with a cranial sacral therapist who said, "Do everything you can to make your body feel safe, and it helps to calm down the kind of." you know, immune system response, the inflammation and everything. But safety when I was there was actually, was walking, hiking and and being out in nature and jumping into the sea and mm. things that, I don't know, that, that wasn't safety. I think, I think enjoyment brought me, it was like a combination of enjoyment and safety. Whereas here it's almost like the safety has come with isolation, which I don't mm. think is helpful. And mm. interesting, I was reading an interview with Rick Stein in the papers. He's got a biography out. And he, his dad committed suicide very, very sadly, like when he was a teenager. And he said he decided to go off traveling. His mum really encouraged it. And he said, you could argue I was running away from the situation. But ever since then, he's always traveled. Think about all of his cookery programs all over the world. And he said, because it always means that I'm, it's not that I have a home. I'm just always going. I'm doing. I'm like going, going places. So he now has three homes. I think it's like America, Devon, no, London, Devon, and Sydney. And he says I'm always switching between my different homes. But I've got all, like new food, new experiences, yeah. new friends, um, and I'm just always on the move. And it just feels really, really good. And I, I don't know that I need to be on the move all the time, but I think I've definitely stagnated this winter. Yeah, and it has been particularly wet and. Oh, cold and, and I find the dark really hard I'm not even huh. I, I don't like the rain but I find the darkness quite hard in terms of you just miss that energy and that kind yeah. of you know the it does affect your mood quite a lot we, we did say though didn't we like when we um when you had hired that uh, camper van for for my birthday last year it was just really lovely having that like sense of adventure yeah, yeah. you know and, and I think like it don't go wrong it's hard because you know, we, we can talk about these kind of things all the time, but I think, like, it is, it's difficult because, like, you know, things like that cost money and, you know, it's it's not always a possibility to just be, you know, spending money on getting away and, and this, that and the other, and, and we get that. And I think, for me, it's like just being a bit more, being a bit more present and being being able to truly kind of appreciate, you know, the the, the things that you that you have got, you know what I mean? Like, because we've said that, you know, sometimes when it gets to the weekend, it's it's almost hard to be present because like your head's elsewhere and you're quite stressed and worked up and and things like that. And I think I said uh, on a previous episode, like my goal, one of my major goals for 2024 is to be more present because when I'm more present, I can, um, I can show more gratitude. And that's just like a really nice place to be because it's all well and good, like, traveling changing your environment and all of that but if you're not present then what what does it matter yeah yeah well it's interesting because I'm working with um a somatic therapist and he's doing like breath work with me and he was saying that actually 
it's really up to, I shouldn't rely on external environments. No. So he was saying, it's all very well, like knowing that you're better here and you're better there. And, and But he said, the only environment that you really need to feel safe in is just inside your body. Like, yeah. and, and that's what somatic therapy is. It's about doing a lot of breath work and a lot of kind of mindfulness and sitting still but there's also some movement elements so I do like shaking and unwinding and it's all about feeling different areas of your body but not trying to constantly escape because I think there is a fear there is a fear that when I went to Portugal and and even as we've talked about traveling you know in future you can't run away from situations you know you can't go somewhere thinking grass is going to be greener because if you get there and it's same old stuff then it's going to be really difficult to swallow that's you know a difficult thing to kind of deal with so I am trying to work on that thing of you know feeling safe and kind of controlling or or feeling good in all different environments but because I'm in control of the thoughts and Mm. I'm in control of what my body's doing and the breath work and things like that but yeah we've gone on a tangent but I think I would say it's hard it's definitely harder in we we should change the name of the podcast called the tangent podcast yeah yeah just never know what you're going to get when it says but, like podcast subject, but who knows? I think one thing I all, 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 I've been, all I've been reflecting on is the fact that like sometimes the things that are best for us, we just can't do them. Do you know what I mean? And it's just funny. So I just think, you know, all this, we started off just talking about the doctor saying newness and new things and new experiences, mm. but you go through phases where you actively reject all of that and mm. you just want to like close in, like I said, and just hibernate and not have anything new. Just you want everything like on repeat on repeat and I don't know it's kind of fascinating why the human brain does that because you know you're getting unhealthier doing it and you know that you then start to comfort eat more and drink more alcohol and do all the things that don't work for you I see this with my clients but you are in this little comfort cave I, just, I wrote an email about it you are just in this little comfort cave and you don't come out of it like you almost get too scared to come out of it then because change is going to mean discomfort. Mm. It's going to mean yeah, letting yeah. go of your little blankets that you've developed, be that, you know, anything from just self-soothing with TV or buying stuff online or food, alcohol, drugs, whatever. Like, you have to let go of some of those things. And I think there's elements to which, like I said, I know when I'm traveling and doing stuff, having adventures, being social, I'm so much better. But for some reason, I, I will go through phases of avoiding it, like the plague, mm. <laughs> just... And like having kids, like you just said, because also there's a level of logistics there for me. It's like, what will I be able to eat? Will I be able to get, you mm. know, um, you know, even like I have to sleep on like wedge pillows and stuff to be able to sleep. Will I be able to do that? Will I be able to get to bed at the time I want to go to bed? Yeah. Chatting with a friend about this weekend, we were saying how like big weekenders when, uh, you know, couples and friends and girlfriends get together and go, we're hiring this, you know, house, villa, whatever, like who's coming. And we were both saying it's our worst nightmare. Because it's like, we want to be in bed for about eight, nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> we want to have eaten by about six o'clock and, you know, no interest in like cocktails and stuff. And then we'll be up at five wanting to do like some kind of run or something because <laughs> that's what we're doing. You know, that's our life consistently. Yeah, but again, though, that's like, I, I always think that's a, an interesting point in your life, isn't it? Because I think you know, like as you get older like people then do start to splinter off in down different paths right like you know people go down the the children route people like us you know haven't had kids you know like we've gone down a different path and we are those people that like to be in bed before (laughs) nine o'clock and but then we get up at a a very early time that most people like what like that's insane but that's that's what we like that's what we prefer you know that's that's just kind of part of our like who we are and, and and our lifestyle and and things like that and it's interesting because I think I don't know it could be a really really decisive point in your life because you know like you start almost kind of assessing your your circles a little bit and I don't mean in a bad way I don't mean like oh you know okay I can't be friends with you anymore I can't be friends with you it's like but I think you just will naturally start to migrate towards people that are a bit more similar to you or, or should I say maybe a bit more understanding and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if I'm making it in a huge amount no, of you sense. Are, but Because I had a, a chat <clears throat> with a friend the other day and we were saying that I've got, like, some really good friends now that when you get on the phone, we're not going, so what's happening with this and that? Like, we do always want to know. I always want to know what's happening with the kids or your partner or whatever, and they'll say, what's going on with you? And I, we'll ask about family. But 
that will will go deep like really quickly. Mm. We said this to you before, haven't we, about meaningful conversations and and they'll straight away say, you know, I'm, I'm having an absolute shocker of a time that this has happened. Yeah. And it's not just having a whinge, it's it can be on a level of like, you know, kind of illness or depression or whatever. And yeah. I think it's nice. One thing that I I hope I look forward to as I get older, this is on Great British Problems, which is my favourite Instagram account to follow, where they put basically a statement up that was like listing when you're not going to go out, like all the things that you'll say. And they put like a list of 10 things. And it was like, oh, I might pop down and uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll see how it goes. And uh, there's all these like sayings. But when you read that, I love the comments and I read the comments and a few people were like, as you get older, you don't you don't say any of this stuff. You literally just go, I'm not going to come. It's not my yeah. scene. And I think at some point you're probably <laughs> going to get the confidence to do that. It's more that I never want to let people down, but there are so many things I've like been invited to where I'm like, just absolutely nothing about that appeals to me. Like the whole point of it is to get shit faced and feel like shit the next day. Like, why would I do that? I don't, yeah. I don't know, you know. So and we, we were watching uh, we started watching this TV show called Cuckoo. Um, it's got uh, Greg Davis in it he's like the dad and his daughter goes off travelling and she meets this guy who's a bit out there a bit woo woo um, and she gets married brings him home anyway like Greg Davis like was like oh I'm going to try and bond with him the the next day like the mum and the daughter go off and then he goes out with with this guy and they're like he takes him to this like nice spot doesn't he to show him this like lovely view in the countryside in the park and he's he's chatted and then the the guy just goes uh I'm going to stop you there. You're not holding my attention. <laughs> <laughs> and we just started cracking up because we were like, you know, we have to talk about people where they get to a certain age and their filter goes and they just say exactly what they're thinking. Yeah. And in a way, you're almost quite envious. You're yeah, like, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to <laughs> just, just not care? You yeah. know, just to say exactly what you think. No kind of like, oh, would this be, would this offend them? Would this upset them? It's like, this is just how I feel. But yeah, one day it's coming. <laughs> We've got that to look forward to. Where we could just, uh, yeah, say what we're thinking. Yeah. You're not holding my attention. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you did that on a first date. I'm going to stop you there. I wonder if anyone does actually. Actually, I remember speaking to a friend about dating where they said in the first 10 minutes, they said, I hope you're not going to take offence, but it's so clear to me that... This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work, so let's not waste a whole night. Mm. And I'll I'll pay for your drink and I'm going to go... And she was, she was like, I really respect you for saying that. Yeah. And not just, A, hanging out with me, looking bored, or pretending you're going to text me or not. And yeah. it's like, gosh. I mean, to be fair, like, I, I mean, I've never been on a date that was that bad to the point where I'm like, okay, I need to leave right now. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? At the end of the phone call thing, you have to escape. No, I've, yeah. been, I've been on a date where I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think there'll be another date. Yeah. But I'm still having a decent time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's almost like there's no like, oh yeah, maybe I'll see you again. It would just be like, yeah. Yeah, you've see been you. quite honest. Yeah. But anyway, carry on. No, no, no. I mean, now we've gone on a real tangent. How are we going to yeah. bring this back? Do we need to bring it back? Um, what are we bringing it back to? We were going to talk we, about. We didn't say what we we're going to talk about. <laughs> no, we didn't. It's, it's you know, we could go in whatever direction we want to go right now. What would you like to talk about? We're supposed to be talking about things that. We've changed our stance on, haven't we? Mm, yeah, because obviously the last one was what I changed my stance on a little bit. And this one was obviously going to be what you changed your stance on. Do you know what? I think I, I do want to cover supplements, but maybe we do that in the next episode. Because one thing I think I'd say is when it comes to health, everything that we've just been talking about is all kind of relevant. And I think more and more, I used to think my role was to do, obviously now, I've got nutrition qualifications, personal training qualifications, yoga, and, you know, I I used to think it was my job to just look at someone's lifestyle, audit it, and go, yep, yep, what you're missing is, like, greens, few nutrients, vitamin D, some magnesium. I've definitely gone through phases whenever I'm studying something. So as, when I first started studying supplements as a nutritionist, I was like, this is the absolute solution. Mm. This is what people are missing. Yeah, yeah. When I first exercise you know got into it as a as a, even just as a human being I was like this is what everyone's missing like these yeah. endorphins and I think I always kept thinking it's this thing it's this thing it's this thing and one of my biggest frustrations now when I look at the industry but particularly I think with nutritionists I find this quite hard is they just zone in on just this one thing and I don't even understand once you start to look at the human physiology and read about how everything from like we're just a mass of chemicals 
and you know this, like going from one room into another can change all of that balance of chemicals mm. because you can change thoughts. And and I say that as in like you could walk into a room and let's say Hamish should like, he's never done this, bless him, but say he'd like ripped up the sofa that we mm. just brought. Can you imagine how your chemistry would just change to deal with that situation and take it all on board? Yeah. And so this is where I just have this huge appreciation for the complexity of our of the human body, but also a greater appreciation for what's called neuroendocrine immune system, which is how our brain chemicals and thoughts and, and everything. And sometimes, by the way, you don't, you don't need to change rooms. You, don't, you can literally just suddenly fall into a negative chatter, can't you? Mm. Just sat there for no reason. Obviously, there are triggers on your phone and things like that, but sometimes we can just slip into this subconscious, you know, as in below consciousness chatter of really well, bad stuff. So I just want to say that the the neuroendocrine immune element is what I think I actually work on more with clients in that, yes, I'll always look at their blood tests and I can, you know, identify imbalances and deficiencies and inflammation and I'll be looking at function. But the whole conversation I have, even the language used on a questionnaire, I'm, I'm clue, I'm picking up clues all the time as to, <laughs> I was to say I'm clue hunting, yeah. that's not a word. Um, I'm picking up like signs and signals of who is this person in front of me? Mm. What do they see as, that's Hamish's wagon, his tail in his sleep. Bless him. Oh. That's so cute, isn't it? It's meant to be a good sign though. Hamish sleeps a lot when he's not obviously chasing squirrels. But apparently one of the signs of your dog being happy is that they sleep a lot. Oh, I thought you meant that they wag their tail in their sleep. He does dream a lot, actually. Yeah. He's, he's banging he's it a, on the radio. He's a dreamer. Yeah. It's like a little... Plays a little drum. Anyway. Yeah, so so... And just to kind of wind back to that phrase, neuroendocrine immune is kind of like how your neurology, so that's all of your kind of brain chemicals linked with your endocrine system, that's all of your hormones. This could be hormones that regulate your blood sugars. Just being angry could change your blood sugars. So again, I, I, I get annoyed when I read things online that are just trying to vilify one food or mm. identify one aspect of blood sugar. I get annoyed. <laughs> Not annoyed. I get frustrated at these apps that tell women how to eat across their menstrual cycles when I'm like, you're, you're just looking at two hormones that alter mm. over the menstrual cycle, four if we're being picky. But as in the focus is, oh, your estrogen's high, your progesterone's high. But I'm like, you could be in a mad deadline in the second half of your cycle. <laughs> He's still <laughs> whacking his tail. <laughs> Bless him. Um, you know, it's just like you're having, you could be going through a, a relationship breakup. There are so many things that affect your blood sugars. Yeah. You could just be having a bit of a phase where you're obsessed with a certain food that's like yeah. screwing you over. I don't know. And I'm just like, we try and like simplify something that's so complex. And it, it is like, making a stew out of loads of different ingredients and spices or and then trying to separate them all out do you know what i mean and, yeah and, and like almost trying to can you imagine trying to undo a stew and put it yeah. all back to, you can't do you no. see what i mean so like I, I think with the human being and the last bit i didn't say was immune and our immune system is just awash with chemicals you know in, but in our gut and located in our mouth and eyes everywhere that's constantly looking for you know are we in fight or flight are we in rest digest what's going on and oh that looks like a pathogen and then we do have true pathogens we've got all these you know obviously things like covid but also complex kind of viruses and things that can get into our system and cause like ring alarm bells and more than ever i'm seeing like histamine become a problem for people but the, the question is why you know and, mm. and i think a lot of the time it could be stress levels but that doesn't have to mean that you're running a huge company and in charge of lots of people we think of stress as like career stress or you know it could just be that you know from whatever age you've never really been taught how to deal with like such a roller coaster of emotions that comes with just life experiences yeah, yeah. and so you're just building anxiety and negative emotions around normal life situations you know i joked with you the other day when i just like screamed at my shoelace because it came undone yeah <laughs> fuck's sake because <laughs> it was just that one thing on top of many that had happened that morning yeah but i came out the house and i tied my shoelaces up the doorstep and then walked about four footsteps and it's undone again and i was like does nothing want to go right today but again that, that again that one comes of those down, mornings exactly like yeah, yeah. And even that statement oh it's one of those mornings or it's one of those days today yeah, yeah. like it's like it's not it's not one of those days no. like it's just a, a series of quite frustrated events that have happened in quick succession yeah. yet 
we're almost ready to write off the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And funny enough, like I, I had, I had a moment like that the other morning, you know, it was just all these little things that in isolation were minor, but because it was like literally one after the other, you're just like, oh, I think I was telling you about like a, a podcast I listened to the other day. I mean, it was, it was about running, but it was a really good example that I think we can all relate to was that this guy on the podcast was like a, a running coach, does like coaching for, you know, elite athletes as well as kind of everyday folk, as well as people that are looking to take that next level and become a an, a, an, an elite athlete, if you like, and qualify for Olympics, etc. And he was saying how you'd be really surprised at the availability, not just in time, but almost like headspace, or he used the term bandwidth that people have. He says, when I coach someone, it's not like, this is what you've got to do to get to the next level. He says, because I understand that, you know, everyone has a different amount of available bandwidth and that's what you need to work with. Yeah. And and he said, like, you know, I was he was coaching one woman who was getting her law degree whilst raising a child as a single parent, but also loved running and, and was good at running and wanted to get better at it. And he was like, her bandwidth compared to someone who is a college level sponsored athlete you know is going to be completely different yeah, yeah. so there's there's no no reason why she can't still run and still get great results and get faster and run further but i need to work with the the, the level of bandwidth that she has available there's something in that because i was I, you, you think of the people that we work with you know one to one you know with uh, with our group group on, uh, online plans in fact, the group online stuff is probably a, a better example because that's when you've got like, you know, take our strong 60 that we're, we're halfway through at the minute. We've got 20, 20 ladies on there, all have uh, a similar goal, but all at different stages in their lives in many respects and all have different bandwidth available. And that's probably like the hardest thing is trying to con- convince them or reassure them more so that it's like, look, you know, like, just because you can't do certain things because of your circumstances doesn't mean you're fucked, doesn't mean you're screwed, doesn't mean you're going to fail. You just need to adapt your approach, and that's what we're here for. We're here to help you adapt your approach based on the amount of bandwidth that you have available and not seeing it as a as something that's not good enough. Yeah, well, I was going to say, the other thing that has become so apparent, I think, to both of us as longer we coach is that, lack of compassion to yourself Mm. is probably the biggest risk factor for you falling off the wagon and saying like fuck it I can't be bothered I can't do this and that lack of compassion is comes from just many different places but I think it's got worse because of this this kind of ability with social media to have this window into everyone's lives and compare yeah. So it's a lot easier now to give yourself quite a hard time as <clears throat> why you can't live up and look at what everyone else is doing. Look how everyone else is doing financially. Look how everyone else is, you know, kids, what what the kids are doing. Look mm. how everyone is doing career-wise. And, you know, look how fit they are. Look at how, you know. And it's, it's the more conversations I have actually with people, it's interesting because we've often said, we moved obviously to to Kent and Tombridge Wells is very family centric. And we both said when we came here, gosh, it's actually quite hard because everybody seems to revolve their lives around kids in terms of that that's how they socialize as well. So yeah. they, they socialize as families. They don't invite people that don't have kids, yeah. you know, and they, they, their routines are kind of based on the kids, which are very different to our routines. And so we suddenly found it really hard to kind of make friends and, and meet people and get, you know, and find a friendship group because there wasn't many people like us our age, you know, kind of doing similar things at similar yeah. times to us. Plus we're self-employed, so no office colleagues, nothing, was there when we no. first came here? And But then, interestingly, talking to some friends here that we've met through Walking the Dog who do have kids, they've said it's also you're constantly guilt-tripped. Like there's a trend at the minute where people are able to pull their kids out of schools and do homeschooling seems to be something that's probably a bit more aspirational right now, especially with neurodiversity, just not meeting the needs of a lot of kids. And, you know, some have managed to do it and it's working really well for them, but so many can't do it and they're being guilt-tripped because they know that their kids are being bullied in school or neglected because of their kind of additional needs. And, 
you know, they can't do it. And then I was just like, wow, just where does this end? You know what I mean? In terms of like the way that we turn on ourselves as not able to show up and do things that we're supposed to be doing. And I don't know, I think it's really sad because I think the disintegration of community is a big part of that. Because if we had a a network of people around us, they would have said, come on, don't give yourself a hard time. And, you know, like, Mm. and helped in some way. In fact, just watching, we're watching Mr. Bates versus the post office oh and just, just, seeing, just, how the, just seeing how her mum is on hand yeah. to one of the, the post office masters who is basically accused of stealing and her mum is there at every step to mm. first of all help her with the finances, secondly just hugs. And I was yeah. watching it last night going, isn't that amazing? Like, and I know my mum would be there Like, and luckily my mum lives 50 minutes down the road and yeah. you're, you're very close to your mum you see her every week but for a lot of families now there's that kind of geographical separation as yeah, well. Yeah. But we just don't live in the same kind of communities like we used to and where we would have had that support on tap and be able to deal with things a little bit better. And I, I hope that it builds back. And I think you do just have to find your tribe a little bit. Yeah. And we have found, you know, friends and, and 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 built it. But we had to go out of our comfort zone to make those friends and talk mm. to strangers and things like that, haven't we? It's not easy when you're an adult. But anyway, just going back to kind of <laughs> will clients. Be, will you be my friend? <laughs> we often see that they're either in communities and groups that don't serve them and make them feel very bad about themselves and kind of keep that competition and self kind of destructive elements like just being reinforced and we will often just help them identify that and so more than ever I'm trying to help people identify that yeah you could definitely probably do with a bit more kale and protein but you know (laughs) you could really there's a reason that you're reaching for comfort and chocolate and sweets all the time Mm. and there's some bigger things here that that are helpful to to consider but also it's a bit chicken and egg because when I get someone eating well and regulating their blood sugars mm-hmm. and exercising, you see the confidence build. You see the, yeah. the strength of character come back. You see the identity come back. But also I think the benefit of having a coach is to keep you accountable to to those elements and looking after yourself and putting yourself first and building your resilience back up again. Because especially many of my clients as they go through perimenopause and menopause, and I definitely had a phase of this, have got so absorbed in sorting out everybody else, their body is just creaking yeah. underneath. And and it's really interesting because one of my worst points, I think, where I had all these snowboarding symptoms and I went to the doctor and he said, you know, you've got this big tinea vesicular rash on your back. It's where it's, all the skin goes white. I've not even noticed it. No. And, the, and well. you... He had start to see your back. Well, it? it is, but yeah, you're right, it is. But he'd, he'd got his death goes on my back. And, and I got um, a t- really bad tonsillitis infection, but it had gone systemic. And he was like, your body should have been able to fight that. Like, there's something, you're just so run down. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And it's interesting because we had literally just zipped around the country because I was due to do a talk, but I didn't want to let college down where I was lecturing. So I shot back at like four o'clock in the morning to make sure that I didn't let them down. But I think... I've, wanted to see my brother and niece and nephew on the way. So we'd done like an extra stint up to Leeds. And do you know what I mean? And we just, I would just. Is this, is this when you lost the car key? Or was that a different time? No, but that was around a similar type phase. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot. Of, do you remember? I think I, so just, <laughs> just to give you an insight. So that was kind of my body just sending me signals of going like, this is too much. And mm. my hormones were going all over the shop as a, as a result of that. But it was the environment and the drive of my my brain just going like yeah. this is what we're doing you know and and I think your brain is so competitive and egoic sometimes it's just I'm going to override all of it and we're this is how we're we're going we're going to go fierce you know that's kind of my situation everyone's different but you're right in that around that time we then took on way too many projects um, for various different reasons and had a conflict with somebody running one of those projects which I remember that. I'm not very good at conflict generally, am I? But this person started to treat me particularly unreasonably. And you were really trying to help me and say, like, you know, you need to stand your ground. You need to, but they just got nasty, essentially. And mm. and it just, I'm not used to that, you know, and I didn't deal with that very well. But my way to deal with it was almost to try and work harder and prove myself in other ways. Like, yeah, yeah. But around this time, I think I, I'm sure we probably mentioned it on the podcast, do you remember I reversed into a car because my brain was just like chattering away and I just oh, yeah. reversed back and smashed into a car. And then I got home and about a day later left the tap on, didn't I? And then flew off to Germany. I was doing some corporate stuff um, over in Germany and left the tap on, didn't I? And then you came home and it was all in the kitchen. Yeah. And then what else did I do? You just said, oh yeah. And then I lost the car keys walking the dog one day. I don't know what I did. Like I literally can't even remember 
anything. Do you know what I mean? As in, like, I, I can't remember if I locked the door. Mm. I can't remember if I did this. And, and with the car keys, who knows what the hell I did. But, yeah, that was expensive, wasn't it? Because basically in the middle, it was a Saturday night. I was supposed to be in London on Sunday morning. So <laughs> we had to hunt the banks <laughs> of, of the River Avon, didn't we, for about yeah. three hours in the dark trying to find the car keys. And because it was an electric, what do you call it? Electric locker, like a, as in? Well, it's just... What's them things? Well, yeah, central locking. No, but you know it had to as a, the alarm and everything, so cost a lot of money rather than just getting a new yeah. car key. Anyway, well, no, well, no, it cost a lot of money because it was a Sunday and yet we had to get a locksmith out essentially in emergency hours. Yes. So it was almost like double, double bubble. But worse than that, because that even I still had to get back to London before the locksmith came. I had to get a taxi, do you remember, to the station, yeah. which was double time on a Sunday morning. And, and it then... was like a further station away. You couldn't get there from the local. No. And, Anywho. And, and then because we were stranded, when once I'd locked us out the car, we also had to get a taxi back home that night. And we had the dog, and he was so unimpressed. I think he charged us more, didn't he? He was like, you're going to pay more money to put the dog in my taxi. Cost anyway. a fortune. Yeah. yeah. Just have a... Just not dwell on the past. Chattery <laughs> brain. But it's funny, interestingly, even recently when I've been, my work's escalated a little bit, it's, it gets worrying. Like, I can't remember, for example, if I've taken, I'll take, um, I want, like, got various medications for my gut and I can't remember if I've taken it. And there was one day I definitely doubled up by accident and uh, I paid for that. But, uh, yeah, but again, it's just it, not it go, being mindful, it, you know. It goes back to like bandwidth. It's like if you're, if, if the majority of your bandwidth is being used up by, you know, like work, work-related stresses, like deadlines, like spinning too many plates, whatever. Like you've then got limited bandwidth to to just function normally and yeah. remember what medication you've taken, where the bloody car keys are, like wh- whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think like this is the important thing is like I, I don't honestly believe like anyone really gets to that point where they feel like everything's just sussed and you've got it all, you know, planned out and nothing stresses you out winds you up or upsets you like i just don't i don't know maybe they are and all, all credit to them <laughs> no no i know what but, you mean and, but, I, and you can't think that you're ever going to get to that place I've, I, I know i'm not going to ever get to that place but i have to say but what it just just quickly what i was going to say was is like but it's all about having an awareness around those things yeah. and being able to 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 nip it in the bud sooner rather than later like funny enough today for example like I, I woke up this morning in a real funk. I, like, I started my day with a really negative head on my shoulders and was the opposite of what we've been talking about. Like, I wasn't showing myself any compassion whatsoever. You know, I was really, well, I was talking to myself like shit, to be honest. Yeah. You know, it's just been a, a bit of a mad week and it was all the usual. Like, you know, like you, you, you're not working hard enough. Like, you're, you're, you're not cut out for this you know, entrepreneurial life, like, you know, like you should like just get a normal job, you know, all the, all the things that like, you know, people used to say to me, like my mum, for example, you know, my mum would love it if I just got a job. I'm sure she would. <laughs> doesn't matter what it was, as long as it paid the bills and, and yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's just, but, that's not because she doesn't believe in you, that's just old school mentality. Yeah, old school, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Like, but... Um, <laughs> my dad said to me the other day, do you remember? <laughs> he went, I think you're unemployable. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I, I I think I am unemployable. <laughs> but that was after having had a couple of roles in businesses and then discussing them with my dad and my dad going, what the hell is going on with businesses these days? Yeah. And I was like, well, exactly. But like, it is different. But like, then, times have changed. Yeah, and, they? and he was like, I don't know how I could even work in these environments. And I'm like, Ugh. and then when I talk about being self-employed, he's like, yeah. But then he said, you're probably unemployable now that you've yeah. been self-employed. It's a, it's a hard transition, I think. Um, but, what? but what I was going to say was, Sorry, if you wouldn't mind, you. thank you, is like what was quite good this morning is like I was I was able to nip it in the bud. Like I, I was aware of what I was doing. I was like, hang on a minute. Like, you know, this isn't how you talk to yourself. You don't truly believe these things. You're, this is just a, a reflection of the week that you've had and the things that have happened and you've turned on yourself a little bit. And I was able to like knock it on the head, like, and I was like, you know, like, no, no, come on, like, that's not on, that's not how you talk to yourself, you know, and, and you can you can make something can of today, yeah, yeah. and I did, you know, and I posted about it on on Insta, like, with my coffee with Matt post. Oh. Um, you like, I have to say, do some amazing posts, and it's just a shame that the algorithm is just deciding to hide you. Why? 
aren't I more popular <laughs> and rich and got companies just throwing products at me? I don't know. What's going on? I don't know. He's like, oh, handsomest guy I know, but yeah. Oh, but do, you, do you mean it? No, I do. Do you I mean do. it? But it's oh. interesting because... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? One of my goals... Do you think, do you think I'm handsome? I'll know. <laughs> Say it again. T- tell me I'm handsome. Feeling insecure today. Yeah, Say it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need some compliments. One of my goals should be that I'll know when I've like really downregulated my nervous system and I'm I'm getting better. I'll stop interrupting you. There you go. I'll oh, stop finishing your sentence. It's only because you're really excited to to say what you got to say. I don't take it personal. <laughs> I interrupt you. Sometimes. You just need to speed up a bit though. Sometimes I know. as well. I know. I was chatting to a friend about this. It was really interesting, and she was saying in her family, the blokes tend to draw out stories and speak yeah. a lot slower. It's true. And the women are very much like fast chatters. And there was a big argument at the table the other day because the women kept trying to end, uh, finish the sentences of the blokes. And she's yeah. like, I don't want to make it gender specific, but it was totally gender specific. And I was laughing because I was like, that can be us at times. I must admit, like, that you, you do that a lot, actually. Like, you're sort of like, you try to finish, like, my sentence for me because it's almost like, Especially well, this, I had this, coffee. This, this will speed things up a little bit. But then I'm like, no, no. <laughs> then I'm like, let me finish. <laughs> like, your, your, your attempt to speed this up is slowing it down, God damn it. <laughs> Um, we should just use the you know holding my attention or the other line I think we've mentioned it before what you just said was really yeah. boring you, you, you know you're talking to someone and then they're telling you a story and you're like oh yeah, yeah you told me that and then some people will be like oh God, I told you that yeah and then move on to something else whereas some people are like like just continue telling the story yeah, what, what and you're we, like what, no no you, you told me that don't we, tell me it again I'm interrupting you but we did watch something the other day where she goes yeah but it's a really good story so I'm going to tell you again <laughs> yeah. and I was like I can't remember what it was and she forced her to watch, listen to the story again yeah anyway what I start doing is like just changing the story go no 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 it's, it's something else and then just make something else <laughs> Just so, lie, yeah. just so it doesn't seem like I'm telling the same story. But by that point... It might sound similar. Yeah, I know, but, but, but do you know what will have happened by that point? Because I know the end of the story, I've already zoned out yeah. and I'm basically like figuring out what we're doing next weekend and the logistics and planning of yeah. that. So I'll just be nodding and going, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but no, this is an interesting one because obviously, like we said, it was supposed to be geared towards things you've changed your stance on. But in in many respects, this is a huge part of that, isn't oh, it? Yeah, because yeah, I definitely. think, and I think we can both like ag- agree on this. Like the the journey that we've been on as, as as a couple, you know, through working with our clients, through the work that we've been doing on ourselves over the years, like you know, like it, it's been absolutely huge for us in terms of like changing the language that you use with yourself, changing the way that you talk to yourself, and. And like Kerry said, showing yourself that compassion, the same compassion you would show other people that you really care about, your friends, your family. Do you know know what's also really hard, though, as well, is I think there's something about the human brain, and this is why I end up doing like a hierarchy of health, that means certain things come much easier to us. But So basically buying a supplement is, Mm. and I did this for years in terms of, you know, like I said, I'm getting this feedback from my body and I'm like, right, well, my knowledge, you know, supplement, that, that works for this. This supplement works for inflammation. This works for that. And I would I would buy stuff. I would test it out. wouldn't do anything. Mm. And I think we're all kind of guilty of that. It, it kind of makes us feel empowered to try and buy something to fix a problem. Oh, yeah. It's a lot harder than actually doing the kind of personal work, sitting still, accepting some of the feelings, accepting some of the situations, understanding your body and your kind of default emotions and thoughts a little bit better it's it's hard work and I think even now where I am in terms of my own kind of health issues there's I'll keep trying the different diet things I like to research them I'm kind of looking at all different options and I've worked with like some of the best coaches I could find like in the world in terms of like nutrition I've contacted Mm. the most trust and I have to say not the best the most trustworthy that I could find but there's still doing the kind of somatic work. I still find it hard to wake up each day and come back into my body and like, you know, kind of review my thoughts and, and breathe. And often my whole stomach is braced, like I'm about to be punched in the gut, mm. which is really interesting because my dad has a really similar issue. We both see the same physio and, and we've both been told like our abdominal area is like rock solid. Like we don't breathe properly. We don't relax our stomach. Yeah. And 
a couple of people said to me, you can have something called transgenerational trauma, which is where something happened to your parents that's passed on genetically to you in terms of, and my dad was bullied as a, as a kid and he's talking openly about this and said like, you know, every day for about three years, I was a punch bag at school. And yeah. so I can see why he's braced, you know what I mean? But I wasn't, but I seem to have a similar gut reaction to everything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, I almost like tense, ready to be punched in the stomach. So it's just really, and even when someone's telling me something that I need to know, I tense my stomach and like, it's, it's just like a, a reaction that I've got. And the only way that I'm going to stop that is like, it's like downloading a new instruction manual and learning everything all over again. Yeah. How to react, how to understand, how to how to breathe, how to relax, and and it's like revising maths for me. And I've said that to you. It's, yeah. it's honestly like I remember. Well, like you say it's, it's like it's a rewiring, isn't it? Yeah. Like, but but it's something that's super hard. And I, like when I was about twelve, I remember my dad trying to help me revise maths. He was really good at it, and. And it just didn't come naturally to me, but he sat with me and for, for about a year, he really helped me and I ended up getting 92% and put in a higher set and had like major imposter syndrome ever since. Yeah. Because it never, I just had to work so hard to be good. And that, that's kind of when I started studying really hard because I was like, I'm going to be in this set. I need to really work at this and constantly revise it. And even now it's got, it's all gone. Can't remember a sudden thing. And you're better at maths than me. Like you, you can calculate stuff so fast. I, I'm now going... Matt, what's three plus three? I, I, I just, it hurts my all, head even all, to think all of, about it. I, Joe, I owe that to being an ice cream man. Oh, really? Like yeah. Changes. Yeah, because like, yeah, you only dealt with cash back then. Yeah. And it was like, you know, mums would turn up, like, you know, with like untold kids, and it was like, I want this, I want that. So I'd be like, like just adding stuff up as I go, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, a great yeah. skill. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I remember being on a, a checkout at Quick Save, and then they would go. You know, they give you the money, so it'd be like nineteen pound fifty three, and they go, "Do you want your three? Do you want the three? And I'd already opened the till, and, I'd go and put like, they were going to give me twenty quid, and I go, "No, yeah. I can't even think what you're going to ask me to do now." Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand, and it's so logical when you think about yeah, it. Yeah. Like, you're just rounding up, but I used to almost go like my brain just went, "Oh my god, what are we doing? No, 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 this is this is maths. Yeah. We don't do we don't do maths. Stop it. <laughs> we don't do spontaneous maths either." <laughs> But yeah, but even now, I like I, I'll sit there and go, what you know, I don't know, like what's three sixes or something like that, and I'll go, I think it's eighteen. But Matt, Matt what's three six? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even trust my brain, you know. Like my, my latest bit of brain maths. training, and not to be that guy that just talks about running all the time, but my my, my Garmin watch is in kilometers, but uh, the program that I've got now, now I'm building up to my marathon pace is in miles, which and obviously it it's like should, which it always should be, and it's one point. Yeah, well, I was always miles before. And there was all this big debate online. And yeah. Everyone was like, we've only, why are we moving to KM? And it was. To be fair, it is quite nice because it, it, even though it's the, the same distance, like obviously like 1.6 kilometers is a mile. Yeah, yeah. There is something quite satisfying about seeing the numbers move up quicker, even though you're not doing it any faster. Yeah. But obviously, because yeah. it's in kilometers, it just no, goes up really not, quick. If you're an old school runner, no, no, but I only, like I said, I only did it because my, I was in miles. <laughs> no, but, I know, but I know. My, I mean, I'm joking. I just, I, like, I, because, I think I've run for like 20 years. I I love a 10K. No, but I'm guilty of this, by the way, because I run 10Ks, which is obviously 6.2, isn't it, miles? Same and this, this is what the debate was. It was like, yeah. why are you suddenly doing 6.2 miles? Back in the day, you'd either done six or you'd have done seven or yeah. six and a half or something. I, I, like, you're I now must, running 6.2. Yeah. It's, and it's like why we've switched. And But funnily enough, like you, I keep all of my devices in miles there's just mm. something for me about miles and i can't get excited about seeing the cake up because i'm like no it's not the same but it's not the same a miles graft well our friend did the lisbon marathon in october last year and she said like obviously oh, the signs in yeah so, so instead of having like mile markers they have kilometer markers Ugh. but of course it's a weird one because obviously marathon is a marathon but she said it was actually quite nice because they come around so much quicker oh, and you're right, like milestone yeah, yeah. milestone milestone oh yeah milestone. fair enough so it's the same as like, you know, in some CrossFit workouts where you have either like an ascending rep or a descending rep pyramid. It should always be descending. Exactly. Even though yeah, the overall yeah. volume is the exact same, yeah. mentally, knowing that things are going down each round yeah. is like, that's nice. Yeah, rather yeah. than shit, it's going up. Even though it's exactly the same. Um, always put that on a treadmill, always put 50 minutes in or whatever, never never go up on the time. Oh, well, the, oh, the you time always have the air, down. always got a descending got clock got on it. Any bit of cardio kit. Mind, mind games. Yeah. But what I was going to say was, is like today I was trying to do a pacing thing, but I was trying to, I was literally running 
So I'm trying to focus on running, keeping a pace, but then I'm like, hold on, but my watch says kilometres. I need to be working in miles. So that's like 1.6. And I'm like doing maths as I'm running. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, this is no good. I'm I'm more like doing maths if in a nice controlled environment. But when I'm trying to like run, focus on my split time and and whatever else. Quite impressive Um, though. But that's a wrap, folks, because we've hit the hour mark. Okay. And we will most definitely 100% potentially talk about <laughs> um, things Keris has changed her stance on uh, in episode 187. Yeah, this is like the intro to it, but yeah. I will This is an hour-long intro to yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I hope you got something out of that, folks. Remember to, you know, treat yourself like you would your best friend. And I know it sounds really cheesy, but it, it's bloody true. Like, we're, we're, we're so quick to give ourselves shit, give ourselves a hard time, when the reality is, I think, deep down, we don't believe it. And I think the sooner you can have an awareness of that and nip it in the bud, the better. Just like I did today. Or get your books out and revise a different way to think. Every yeah. single day. There you go. Revise it, revise it, revise it. And on that note, <laughs> we'll say toodles. Bye bye. See ya.